Listening to the Knicks State of Mind podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts, Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Knicks State of Mind podcast with Chip Murphy. I'm Matt Castillo. Now, before we get into what we have on the show, I saw something a little bit earlier, Chip, where it, uh, it said the Milwaukee Bucks owner, her daughter, or his daughter, wants to one day buy the New York Knicks. I would just like to say she's going to have some tough competition with me because I'm planning to buy the Knicks someday. As long as, you know, people start donating to my GoFundMe page to make the Knicks better again. I said I saw this and I was thinking like this girl's out of her mind. She's going to try to outcompete me to take the Knicks. I mean, Chip, let's face it. I can save the Knicks. Do you agree with this? I think you can save the Knicks. I think you both have an equally good chance to buy the Knicks. Right? To be honest. <laughs> yeah, uh, because James Dolan will never sell. Never. <laughs> he, he's going to die on, as owner of the Knicks. Yeah. So, but, I think it's all, it's all nice to think about someone else owning the Knicks, mm-hmm. but it's all... It doesn't really matter. Anymore, <laughs> okay. So we're stuck with Jim with Jim Dolan. He's, he's our curse. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, if you guys want to donate to my imaginary GoFundMe page, and, and we can, you know, somehow collect trillions of dollars and money talks, we might have a chance. But I saw that I was thinking like that. That's my job. That's I'm I'm heading to owning the Knicks someday. So now that we had just a little fun. Um, right there, we're going to go into what we have on the rundown today, and we're going to talk about something a little bit different, something that we have seen over the last several years, and obviously this week, the burning of jerseys. Uh, we've, we've seen when free agents go to another team, fans are having you know a big dumpster party where they're burning all the, the jerseys, the guys that just left, and we've seen that this week with uh, the Boston Celtic fans. They were burning Isaiah Thomas' jersey, and it might actually be all for nothing because that deal might not even actually happen. But yeah, yeah, we seen LeBron on Twitter then you know jump to his at the time teammate defense talking about you know not burning jerseys and everything that he's done for the Celtics. And I thought this would be an interesting question, but before. And what we're going to tie it in with is with Carmelo Anthony. When he possibly leaves the Knicks, is the same thing going to be done? But before we get into that, Chip, how do you feel about you know fans burning jerseys? I never thought I would say that, Matt, but uh, I agree with LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yep, burning jerseys is ridiculous. And like you mentioned with Isaiah Thomas, wow, talk about awkward. <laughs> There's burning jerseys going on, uh, and he may be back on the team next year. <laughs> that's a classic, <laughs> that's my a, bad. That's yeah. a whole other topic. I mean, the whole thing about that trade might get, you know, that's a whole another. We could do a whole podcast on how crazy that is. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think uh, burning jerseys is just ridiculous. The reason LeBron James spoke up about it is 
obviously because of all the craziness when he left Cleveland. But uh, yeah, I fans getting pissed and saying screw this guy and booing the crap out of him when he comes back. That I'm all for. You got to do that. Mm-hmm. Especially like when KD came back to Oklahoma this year, you got to trash him. Mm-hmm. The burning jersey—that's just excessive. And burning the jersey of a guy who was traded and didn't want to leave—that's yep. absurd. I mean, especially after all he did. He, the guy played in a playoff game the day after his sister died in a car crash. Mm-hmm. I mean, my God. So some, no, I don't want to lump all Celtics fans in together. I know I've met some people from Boston. There's a lot of good people there, but a lot of Celtics fans are just jackasses, man. They really are. Let's be honest. It's definitely so, known as a rough fan base, especially, you know, if you're a baseball yeah. fan earlier this year with uh, Adam Jones and um, being yelled racial racial slurs to him. Uh, so Boston has yeah. that reputation of being a tough city like Philadelphia. Um, so I'm total agreement with you and LeBron that burning jerseys is really no point. I think it's taking it too far. And somebody like me, I'm cheap, okay? So if I spend the money on a jersey, I'm not burning that thing up. That's that, it's not going to happen. It's it's not. You know, for an example, um, as I might have mentioned before, I'm a big New York Yankee fan. So my my role model in life is LeBron James, though. And so when he left Cleveland, I had a LeBron Cleveland jersey. I didn't I didn't burn it because, you know, I, I am a Knicks fan, so it didn't really devastate me. But I did put it in the back of my closet. But where I'm going with, with the Yankees is my second favorite athlete, um, favorite player on the Yankees was Robinson Cano. When wow. Robinson Cano left, I was crushed. And I had his jerseys, his shirts. I had a bracelet that had the Yankees and Robinson Cano's number on there. Did I burn that up? No, because again, I paid for all that and I'm too cheap. So it's somewhere actually, <laughs> somewhere in my room, somewhere in my closet, all that I just kind of chucked it and threw it in there. And when Robinson Cano comes back, which he was just back over the weekend, I boo the heck out of him. That's all that needs to be done. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and especially as, as you touched, Chip, when he was traded there. It wasn't like he left. And wanted to go. He had no say in it. He was just sent out the door. So why Celtic fans are burning Isaiah Thomas jersey is beyond me. I can still, once again, not not for it. But I can see why if Cleveland fans did it. Because Kyrie did want to go. So it, it just made no sense. I thought what LeBron said was right um you know obviously lebron james knows about jersey being burned as i mentioned before when lebron james left cleveland the first time for miami i believe that's basically what started it that was one gigantic dumpster party of lebron james jerseys and then you know it was just ironic when lebron james came back everybody wanted to kiss his butt again the king returns gets that gigantic poster in front of uh the quicken loans arena once again and what well, I mentioned it before, the way we're going to kind of tie it into it, Chip, is I'm kind of curious for your opinion. Uh, Carmelo Anthony wants out of New York. So if yeah. he gets traded or let's just say he finished out his contract, which I don't see happening at this point, but, you know, if he leaves, do you think the burning jerseys are going to happen with New York fans burning Anthony's jersey? Or do you 
yeah, or do you think that might be once again? I know your point is it's taking it too far, but um, how do you feel about that? Do you think fans are going to burn Mello's jersey? It sounds cold at this point to say this, but I don't think fans care enough at this point about Carmelo Anthony to burn his jersey. Mm-hmm. If he had left in free agency a few years ago, I think they would have burned his jersey then. Like if he had gone to Chicago or Dallas or the Lakers or something, they would have done something crazy like that, like burned his jersey. But now when they stink and they want Porzingis to be the face of the franchise anyway, I don't think they're really – I think a lot of fans are just going to wish him well and hope he does well in Houston, you know, like me and you are going to hope that. Mm-hmm. Then even like even like his detractors, they're just going to – I think most people are going to wish him well and just hope he moves on and does well. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think what you said uh, is right on the money with, you know, fans are just at the point where I think everybody, even if you're a fan of Mellow, like you know, me and Chip have shared that, that we love Mellow. We think we acknowledge the fact – the kind of player that he has uh, or he he's been and what he can bring to the team but i think it's a situation where the fans know that you know it, it's better off we're better off without him he's obviously better off without us so it's a situation where no i i, I agree i don't think fans are going to be outraged i mean i know there's some diehard mellow fans out there that and i have seen this before um basically maybe not be when they claim they're not going to be fans of the Knicks no more if they ever let go of Carmelo Anthony, um, I don't necessarily. That's not a real Knicks fan. Yeah. That's not a real Knicks fan. I, I, and That's... chances are people just say kind of things like that at the heat of the moment. And, um, you know, another example would be uh, if, uh, like, the New York Jets. I'm a Jet fan, unfortunately. And if they would start that Christian Hickenberg guy, I, I – said a thousand times on Saturday that I will not watch one football game this year if he's starting, which is a bunch well, of bull. Well, they named Josh McCown. They named Josh McCown the starter today. I kind of figured that would happen, but, you know, yeah. the point is that's not a real threat. I, I'm always going to watch my crappy teams regardless. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't buy those threats of not being a fan no more. Um, I think there will be some fans who are definitely – upset about him leaving but I think the majority feel that in order for the Knicks to finally get out of the basement or at least make steps to get out of the basement uh, they're gonna have to let go of a player like Camelo Anthony that's the only way that they won't be stuck in um, you know in, in the terrible state that they are and I, I'm thinking of another guy right now who's with the Celtics chip um, uh, Gordon Hayward a lot of Utah fans were upset, and I think LeBron James mentioned this on his Twitter as well, that fans shouldn't have uh, burned his jersey. But do you at least, like, again, do you think there's a little bit more of a case for that? Because he was somebody that wasn't traded. He just left Utah, especially when Utah looked like they were on the way up. Some of the moves they made this free agency, and Hayward really was their, their main piece. Do you think those fans had a little bit more of a – the rights to be more upset and perhaps condone their burning of his jersey? Well, they have a right to be more upset because Hayward did choose to leave. But again, burning the Gordon Hayward jersey is too excessive. Mm-hmm. And uh, look, that I really don't think that if you look on Twitter and stuff and you 
read about what jazz fans are thinking and jazz beat writers, I really don't think it mattered as much to, say, Thunder fans or Chaz fans about Gordon Hayward leaving. It was kind of just like a short-term thing. Like, mm-hmm. I I think the Jazz are still going to be pretty good. Yeah. They're not going to score, but I think they're still going to win like 45 games. Yeah, their defense so, is going to be a nightmare for teams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it killed, it really didn't crush the Cavs because they knew they were going to be horrible. Mm-hmm. And the Thunder thought they were going to be horrible. Yep. So that's why it crushed them. But the Jazz, I think, still believe they're going to be pretty good. So uh, it's not really that big a deal for them. And LeBron took the team to the finals. Kevin Durant took the team to the finals. Gordon Hayward went to the playoffs, I think, twice. <laughs> Oh, it's yeah. really, it's not like he was an icon for the franchise, man. It's not a huge loss for them. That's the excellent point right there. And, and uh, basically, bottom line, it, like I say, you're spending money on that jersey. Why, why burn it? I mean, think about it. If you want to waste money, then donate to my, my GoFundMe page so I can buy the Knicks. You know? <laughs> waste money that way. Don't Don't burn a jersey and even if you didn't buy that jersey somebody did and let's face it it ain't cheap you know what i mean or dude how about amazon how about if you don't want it sell it exactly nice money exactly (laughs) if somebody would take you know a a jersey of a team that somebody doesn't play for but somebody might Mm -hmm. you never know you could donate that mug or you know again it kills me when somebody wastes money like that i'm watching this on television thinking like oh my god how much they pay for it i mean that's (laughs) just it's ludicrous Donate to my GoFundMe page. You want to waste money. But that's all the time that we have for this segment. And when we come back, we're going to discuss Joakim Noah. He made some comments last week about letting his teammates down, Phil Jackson down. So we're going to talk about those comments and expectations for him in this upcoming season. So we'll be back in just a moment. Hello, everybody. Mac is still the co-host of the Nick State of Mind podcast and contributor to Elite Sports New York. You can follow me at Twitter at MattyDiesel15 to get my latest articles, videos, and podcasts. Make sure to follow Elite Sports New York's Twitter as well at EliteSportsNY and the rest of Elite Sports New York's social media pages to stay up to date to all the New York sport news. Hi everybody and welcome back to the Nick State of Mind podcast and as we mentioned right before the break, we're going to talk about Joakim Noah. Now Noah last week was on a, a friend's podcast. Um, the podcast is named True Barrel, and he, he kind of opened up a little bit because Noah's not a guy that really talks to the media very often. Um, haven't heard anything really off, all off-season from him, so this is one of the, I guess, rare times that you would hear from him. Um, and he, he talked about last year, basically, um, he says right here, or in the podcast, he said, he, he lost my confidence. And I wasn't moving right. And he also talked about his drug suspension. It hurt a lot of people. And now he has to live with it the rest of his career. Um, and he's also talks about being a model veteran for the Knicks young big man. And hearing all of this, last year was just a, a complete disaster. We've talked about Noah on the show before. Um, it, it was pretty sad to watch. Uh, Noah... When he first came into the league, was such a high energy guy. Um, is that we talked about before that we certainly understood why the Knicks brought in Noah because uh, of his defense ability, his rebounding, his his ability to pass the ball. Um, 
especially in the triangle offense. And it's just everything that we thought we were getting from Noah, we, we didn't. It was horrendous. Um, it was you, the guy couldn't even jump up and make a layup. It, it was painful to watch. And I mean, you can go back into the bloopers of the last season and you see Noah and several of them airballing a you know ten foot shot, a free throw. Um, so as bad as last year was for him, Chip. What what would you expect from Joakim Noah um, coming into this season? I don't expect much more. I mean, maybe the worst uh, possible thing uh, for him has happened because, you know, he, he's going to be off to a cold start. He has to miss the first 10 games of the season because of a suspension. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's going to be a backup. Uh, behind uh, probably uh, Hernan Gomez in the center rotation. And, you know, he was a backup in Chicago his last year there, 15-16. And he was arguably even worse that year than he was last year. And he complained about it, too. So uh, hopefully he won't complain about it this year. I can't imagine he will. He has nothing to complain exactly. about after how he was last year. <laughs> but... Yeah, uh, it's going to be tougher to adjust to that. And after ten games out, it's going to be it's going to take a while for him to get used to being back in the game. You know, he's thirty-two years old. He'll turn thirty-three during the season, and it's I don't expect him to be much better than he was. You know, he averaged five points, uh, nine rebounds. Uh, I think he'll probably average around the same amount of rebounds, eight or nine rebounds. And probably around the same amount of points. I uh, and you know you averaged 22 minutes last year, played 46 games. I uh, I think he's probably a 20, 25 minute per game player now, probably closer to 20. And I think the Knicks would be lucky if they got 65 games out of Joe Kinnella, don't mm-hmm. you? Because he's already missing the first 10. So I think they'd be lucky with 65, and I'd be surprised if he averaged more than 25 minutes per game. And what I'm going to ask you is, let's let's say, and I know it's the what if, but as we mentioned, he was awful last year. Um, You mentioned the suspension that he's going to have to serve. If he comes out to the floor when he gets his opportunities, and he is as bad as he was last year, do you think it's a possibility that the Knicks just – I'm not going to say they're just going to let go of him, but perhaps just bury him on the bench. Or do you think the Knicks are going to try to force him to to give some production because of the massive contract that he has? I think because he's such a good guy, and he really is a great guy. Mm -hmm. And because he's such a good guy and such a good teammate and coaches like him, I think they're going to give him every opportunity they can to produce off the bench. But if he really is that bad, it's all about the young guys. Mm-hmm. So Hernan Gomez is going to be first in line. And I know they like Kylo Quinn, too. And Quinn's probably not a part of their future. But I think he will ultimately be ahead of Noah in the rotation. So, yeah, I don't see him, like I said, I don't see him getting a lot of minutes next year, especially with him. It might be different if he wasn't being out. For if he wasn't being suspended for the first uh, ten games of the season, but 
I think, you know, next year is the last year of O'Quinn's contract. He's a player option for the year after that. So I think he's going to be trade bait. So they're going to want to be showing teams what he can do during the season so they can move him. So I think they're going to try and get him minutes. Uh, I think he might be third on the center rotation. It wouldn't surprise me. And for me, Noah, like you said, is a very likable guy. Um, as I mentioned before, I, I thought the money that he got, the contract that he has was uh, just outrageous. But it made sense for Noah to be signed. Um, you know, again, I just wish it was on a much better deal. Yeah. He, somebody that you can, you can just tell he's not somebody that's just blowing smoke when he makes his comments about, um, wanting to be a, a New York Nick. Um, you know, he, he's grew up in New York, if I'm not mistaken. And it means a lot to him that he is on the New York Knicks. So, as a fan, me personally, I, I appreciate everything that he has said um, about how much he wants to be on the Knicks. And, you know, we, we appreciate guys that, that want to be here. And I honestly believe that, again, he's not just trying to tickle our ears. I think he absolutely does love being a New York Knicks. So he is somebody that I'm definitely rooting for um, because four or five years ago, this guy was unbelievable. Um, just totally had the ability to impact the game in a lot of ways. You know, I don't think he necessarily ever was a dominant scorer. Um, but, you know, you got the ball to him underneath the basket, he was able to finish. Last year, that was not the case, as I mentioned. I mean, he, he, was, he was missing layups, wide open layups. That, and it was just, it was painful to watch. So I'm kind of hoping that, Last year was kind of like rock bottom. I'm just hoping it can't get any worse than what we saw last year. I, I just, I, I'm just hoping he gives us more production than that. And again, I don't see him playing a lot of minutes, like you said. Um, so it's not as much pressure. If he can come in and play defense, rebound, well, we don't necessarily need him to put the ball in the hoop. He just needs to do things like that. Now, what I'm going to ask you is, you know, this is a guy that's had a very successful career. Uh, college, won some national championships uh, in with the Chicago Bulls, made them into a championship contender, was having a, a very nice career. Injuries kind of came in and derailed him. But now, with this, this steroid suspension, the uh, PED use, do you think it kind of tarnished his, his career? No, not at all. I, I think he just made a stupid, a really stupid mistake. And he's so well-respected around the league for another type of guy who already had maybe a, a tarnished reputation. This might hurt him. But Noah has so much respect around the league. And like you mentioned earlier, he has a reputation as a high-energy, hard-working guy. For a guy like him, it would take much more than one PED suspension that to uh, tarnish his reputation. I think, if anything, if he has another year like uh, this past season, that might hurt his reputation more than the PED suspension. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, like I was alluding to a little bit before about him being a guy that, that loves to be in New York. This is also another quote that he said in the interview. Uh, he said, I wouldn't trade it for nothing, and I'm cleaning it up because what he said sounds like shh yeah. and then finishes in it. So you can kind of figure that out. Um, and I know a lot of people are mad about it, but I'm not. I don't feel sorry for myself. Everything that happened were my decisions. I'm a grown blank man. You can also fill in the blanks there. Um, I'm playing in New York City. It sucks because I didn't play well. I get to bounce back and come back next year. I'm not going to quit. So, you know, again, it's something that I, I like hearing. I do think that he, he's not going to quit. I think that he's a very prideful guy, and he is going to come back and try to compete the best way he, he can. And like I said, Chip, I'm just hoping. He's, he's, he is a likable guy, so I, I'm just hoping it's better than last year. I don't I – th- I'm over the point. I don't think he's going to be that guy that he was in Chicago uh, when he signed last year. I knew that. I knew he wasn't going to be the Chicago Joakim Noah. But I would be lying if I said that, uh, you know, I felt like last year how bad he was if I saw that coming because I didn't. I thought he would be a lot better than what he gave last year. So I, I just hope he can bounce back, like he says, and, and gives us production with the minutes that he's going to get. Do, do you agree with that, Chip? Do you want to see him out there and succeed? I want to see him out there at least for a little while. Uh, I mean, it's not like they're, they have a lot of options, but I'd rather, I'd rather see KT get minutes at center than see him get minutes at center. Mm-hmm. So, but if Hornacek uh, is intent on not playing Porzingis at center, then, I mean, look, I'd rather, I'd rather him be Barry at the end of the bench and give Porzingis minutes at center because I, Noah is not a, they said they're going with a, a youth movement and mm-hmm. they're looking towards the future and Noah is not a part of your future. I mean, he's not a kid anymore. Like I said, he's going to turn 32 during the season. And you mentioned how it used to be that the days of the 2013-14 Noah, when he averaged a double-double and won defensive player of the year and led the Bulls in assists, he played 80 games. That joke you Noah is long gone. Yep. That was, he was 28 years old then. He's 32. That guy's gone. Yeah, and I mean, again, for me, it's just because you saw a guy struggle so bad last year. You're just hoping that is better. But you make a good point that, you know, um, Przingis, you would like to see him get another or, or more minutes at center. That's something I do agree with because I also think if Carmelo Anthony is still in the picture, he should be getting more minutes at power forward instead of small forward because I think Melo's days as a small forward is done. I think he could be more effective as a power forward but uh, with that being said that's all the time we have for this segment and when we come back we'll be picking our power forwards on our nick ultimate team so we'll be back in just a moment hi everybody this is chip murphy co-host of the Knicks state of mind podcast and boss of all new york knicks content at elite sports to follow my work you can find me on twitter at at Chipper Murphy. 
Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Nick State of Mind podcast. It is now time for our Nick Ultimate Team segment. And so far, we have our point guard, shooting guard, and now small forward from last week. And this week, we'll be naming our power forward. So uh, just a recap, if you want to see who we picked, uh, there's graphics that are added each week to our Twitter page at NYKSOM Podcast. You can follow along with the guys that we have taken so far. So we're nearly almost done with this this uh, segment that we've added. we got a few more weeks left. Um, but, Chip, who did you pick as your power forward? My pick is Dave the Busher, uh, power forward on both Knicks championship teams, the only two championship teams. Uh, Hall of Famer, uh, he was with the Knicks, for five full seasons. Uh, he was an all-star all five seasons. Mm. Uh, all defense all five seasons. Uh, Average is double-double in all five seasons. The guy, uh, like we were saying before uh, we came on here, we, he's obviously played long before our time, so we heard about him, but we mm-hmm. didn't realize maybe how impressive some of his stats were until we had looked at him. It was pretty impressive that, you know, that this guy was actually the third best player on the Knicks title winning team. It just shows how awesome those defenses were too. You know, he was a guy like that. Uh, Six consecutive all defensive first team appearances. That's phenomenal. One with a, Detroit, obviously, but yeah, uh, that was definitely one of the best trades in Knicks history. Maybe the best one. I mean, getting Dave to push her to solidify that yep. squad. And, and I agree with you 100%. First of all, his name is awesome. Kind of sounds like the yeah. <laughs> Butcher. You know what I mean? So that just screams toughness right there. And that's what he was. He, he was a guy that, uh, you know, now nowadays as a standard for a power forward, he was a little undersized. Um, you know, he was six foot six, uh, two twenty. So you, you now you think of a power forward, you're thinking somebody that's close to seven feet tall. I mean, Przingis is over seven feet tall, and he's mostly a, a power forward. Um, and speaking of Przingis, obviously he he can't be picked here. He's only played for you know three seasons, but yeah, I, I think he's someone that. Ten years from now, you can definitely be making him as your selection. That's what I'm hoping because um, I think Porzingis can be a better player than uh, Debucher, and he, yeah, and that, that's saying a lot because he, this guy's a Hall of Famer. You know what I mean? He's a yeah. 50th anniversary All Team member. You know that's saying a lot. That's just how much I, I think of Kristaps Porzingis. Um, but back. With, with uh, Dave here, we have you know, a guy that was just a, a tremendous defender. Um, each each game, he was the guy that covered the other team's best player. Uh, and again, I, I mentioned this last week as well. A lot of the guys I like to pick are those tough physical guys um, that played, especially back then. Because let's face it, the game now today is soft. It's no longer as physical as it once was, um, you know. And I respect guys like this that that 
have the kind of numbers and the career that that he's had. So he is somebody that I definitely would want on my team even right now. Again, I think the toughness, these these guys, I wish they were still playing, Chip. I really do because, like I mentioned, I I associate the Knicks right now as being soft. Uh, I mean, do you agree with that? Do you think these guys are just, in today's game especially, are just no longer as tough as these players were last um, maybe 10 and 20 years ago and going back? I think for sure they're soft. The Knicks have been soft for a long time. What's one of the symptoms of having a bad defense that you're soft? And the Knicks have had a bad defense for as long as I can remember. They haven't had, we talked about it on the, on the Phil Jackson podcast, they just haven't had a good defense since Tyson Chandler left. Yeah, the Knicks defense has not been good. You're right with that with uh, since Tyson Chandler left, especially in the big guys position. What we see now uh, especially, you know, we got we got some shot blockers, uh, but when you have like Przingis, who's seven foot three, it's pretty simple to block shots. But it, it's just not the same. So guys like DeBusher and um, yeah, other guys that we we talked about off the show before we came on, uh, Charles Oakley, as we mentioned, um, Larry Johnson was another one. Actually, you, you told me, Chip, that he actually played the same amount of years as DeBusher, and I, I didn't know that. I, I thought Larry Johnson was only a guy that played a few years. He was another guy that I liked for this, but I think, uh, again, with this kind of pick, we're getting a, a another championship pedigree guy on their team. Uh, Chip, you got you got three guys now. You, you picked uh, Frazier and... Uh, Earl the Pearl Monroe, and now DeBusher. So I'm a, I'm a few yeah. championships behind you. So I I I, I got to figure out. I might next week just pick whoever the starting center was just to tie up the championship rings, <laughs> even though you can't do that because I think next week is an obvious one as well as everybody knows who's the starting center going to be. But we'll save that for next yep. week. But yeah, um, you know, and, and one thing I was going to point out, Chip. Uh, I saw today, as we kind of talked about this last week in a segment about uh, 2K and the ratings for their players, um, there's also a new mode this year where they're putting in uh, a Nick all-time team. So it kind of yeah. reminded me of the segment, and it made me feel pretty good because their starting shooting guard, though, they picked Allen Houston. So it made me feel pretty good about my pick. Earl the Pearl Monroe was coming off the bench. A guy that won a championship, so I thought that was pretty uh, interesting to see. I saw that on uh, Instagram. They they posted the Knicks all-time team roster. So, um, but I think that's all the time that we have for today's show, and we will be picking our center next week for this segment. Once again, I think you all know who that guy is going to be. Um, but we'll be back next week for another episode of the Knicks State of Mind podcast.